And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. This is how we do Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Uh, we are action-packed, so we got to get moving here. we got a lot of guests, and we want to get through them all with enough time to get their stories. We begin uh, the show today, or on the show today, Harry Hertzig joins us. He's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival. We'll talk about uh, the future of the festival and an upcoming online auction to raise funds for Bart on the Beach. Chef Bernard Cassavant is back. He's been consulting up at O'Rourke's Peak Cellars. We're going to talk to him about uh, secrets to cooking with wine. Also, Chef Rod Butters joins us from Kelowna for an update on Rod's regional table. They turned 20 years old this year. Lots of things happening with that. And finally, coming up next on the show, Steve Moriarty, wine director from Save On Foods, reveals the top-selling white wine for the last four years at his grocery stores, Save On Foods. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi with Casey Wilson, and we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. In the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench, the Kalmana Family Estate Wine Shop is open for wine sales every Monday to Saturday from 11 to 3 with COVID-safe tastings Fridays and Saturdays. For those wishing to shop online, Kalmana is offering complimentary shipping for online orders of six bottles or more through the end of February. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. For tasting reservations and more, visit kalmana.ca. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. 
Our next guest is Steve Moriarty. He's a wine director at Save On Foods. Uh, we catch up with Steve regularly now on the show. Steve, how are you today? Good morning. I'm just fantastic. I hope you are all well, too. Uh, we are very well indeed. Uh, it almost uh, feels like spring now in on the West Coast. I mean, there's glimpses of it from day to day. Uh, do, does the shoppers' moods change like that when when it's spring or it's winter or it's summer? Absolutely, Tony. I mean, one of the biggest influences that the grocery consumer is is motivated by really is the weather. Uh, we see it. We see it. We see it instantly when the weather starts to change. A consumer spending shopping uh, trends uh, either shift to be more festive or you know seasonally or. Or, or, or might yeah. go more comfort oriented in the fall, but in the spring is excitement, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, just a little glimpse of that. The, the, I always notice it from the heat and the sun, and it makes me think, wow, maybe we'll be outside soon, uh, dining again on, on our decks and barbecuing. And uh, not that we haven't stopped barbecuing, but with a little bit of warmth would be nice. Uh, I want to talk about a couple things today, Steve. One about uh, this always surprises me, and then some. In some ways, it doesn't. Years ago, I learned uh, at, at Earl's the best-selling white wine forever was a Gewurztraminer from Sumac Ridge by uh, uh, our old friend Harry McWaters, and I was always shocked by that. Uh, but it it tells you a lot about uh, wines and how, what people like and how it works. You have a similar story, different wine. Tell us about your best-selling white wine. Well, that, that's truly uh, interesting in our, in our market. We have a, a Pinot Gris Viognier mix put together by our, our friends at Hester Creek. And uh, mm. we've had this wine for now about five years. And for four years running, it has been our best-selling white wine, bar none, hands down. And it's, it's, it's truly unique in the fact that you don't see a lot of Pinot Gris Viognier blends. And uh, the mm-hmm. consumer seems to resonate with this. And I know... I have a lot of friends that it's absolutely their favorite wine. And is this available only at Save On Foods? I'm, I'm pretty sure that the only place that you can buy it is Save On Foods. I think sometimes they sell it in the winery. Um, but we, we go out of our way to buy every bottle that they produce uh, because we, we, <laughs> love, we just love it so much. Um, we want to make sure that our, con- our customers get, uh, get this on a consistent basis. And it's on sale. See, absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, it's on sale for... Uh, it's regularly around a twenty dollar bottle of wine, and we, we sixteen ninety nine, I think it is right now. So, yeah. so uh, sixteen ninety nine. Steve, I love telling people about your deals and buying a case if you do this and you do that. So, tell us if you were to buy a case of Hester Creek Pinot Gris Viognier, what would it cost with your with the discounts? Well, first off, the battery, you could get the you get the discount where it's uh, on sale down to sixteen ninety nine, and then if you buy, as soon as you buy four bottles. Uh, we'll give you another 10% off. So that would that would take it down another dollar and 69 cents. But then on top of that, if you splurged in, like I know you can, Casey, and I know you have, you go from buy the whole case, uh, then we'll give you another <laughs> dollar a bottle off. So by that time, you know, you're, the, the cost is down in the $13 range, and, and that's a tremendous oh, bargain fantastic. for our best-selling best wine. And uh, I know I have... I have personal friends that, that take take advantage of that deal, and uh, I know that uh, it, it's it's that popularity of both the sale and the wine are, are a perfect match. Yes, I'll say. Yeah, that that's a huge saving, and then you get points on top of that, do you not? So absolutely, like, it's crazy. we give we, we of course save on foods. We give more reward points on everything we sell. Yeah, so that's a really good deal, and and uh, that's the kind of deal you just don't get. 
Uh, well, you certainly don't get that in government stores. I mean, the price is the price, and that's the end of it. So that's kind of cool. That wine, I guess, like Pinot Gris sometimes can be a little skinny for some people or maybe a little too, some are too sweet, some are too dry, some are just perfect. But adding the Viognier, which adds a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of uh, lushness to the blend, I guess, it just smooths it out a little bit. So so combining Pinot Gris and Viognier into one white wine, I can see why it's very uh, uh, popular when people drink it because it sort of hits all the points. So, folks, if you haven't tried the Hester Creek Pinot Gris Viognier, check it out at Save on Foods. Uh, with all the discounts on a case, you're down to about $14 a bottle. It's a, It's quite a deal. And who gives uh, discounts on Oculus? I will. We yeah. will. That, that is, that's really amazing. So what are we looking at with Oculus? I mean, the price, of course, is you know many times higher than, than uh, Pinot Gris Viognier. Well, well I, I like to think yeah. that we have, we, have, uh, we have a very competitive price on, on uh, Oculus. I believe we're, uh, we're priced at, 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 at better than the rest of the market is. But the, what we have that's unique to Save On Foods is, is that we have multiple vintages of Oculus in our stores. And I was just happened to be looking last week because, of course, uh, the, 13, the 13 version is kind of one of my favorites. And um, I was in a store, and I happened to notice one of our stores had still had 1.5-liter uh, 13 vintages. And I have a everybody has to have a bad habit, and that's my bad habit. So I pick up, I pick up another one of those. But at the same time, I realized that we still have a great selection. Most of our stores have still have 2011, 2012, and um, and a 2000, and of course the new one is is in there as well. So I think I think you know when you look at the potential, for if you're an Oculus fan, I think we can pretty much keep you keep you stocked and uh, in a really good spot yeah. wherever your particular vintage was. Yeah, and so like buy uh, a case, but buy it with your neighbors. Buy it with you know. A group of four would be great. I don't know if I have enough close friends that I'd want to share share my. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, of course, Oculus for the uninitiated is Mission Hills' uh, number one uh, top of the line wine. It's been produced now for almost 20 years. Uh, in fact, it probably has been 20 years now. Uh, 13 sensational bottle 16 i think even better than 13 but the thing about oculus is even in a normal bottle i would say that this wine uh this wine would keep uh w- not even looking sideways eight to ten years and in a magnum you could count on 20 years uh without having to worry about anything and if it's in a proper cellar it just goes on forever so that's a great wine for collectors and the larger sizes are even more impressive because they age uh, even better. Actually, you have a number of large uh, bottles now at uh, Savon in a special section too, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. You know, I think it, I think I was checking the other day. I think we had about uh, six different uh, six different varieties, and uh, you know, there's a couple from uh, Cedar Creek uh, Platinum Series. There's some Reserve. Um, yeah. There's a, there's an actually a, a couple of our stores still have some Laughing Stock uh, 1.5s left, and. Um, the problem with laughing stock is, like you said, Tony, is you want to keep it, and maybe let it let it lay for a while. <laughs> Unfortunately, in my house, it, it never gets left alone. Oh man, you know, uh, I can help you out with that a little bit, uh, and and you can help you can help even your your customers out. Here's how it works: and people say, "Oh, I don't have a seller." Well, you can walk into Save on Foods this week and buy the 2013. That wine is already seven years old. That means you only have to wait three years for that magic 10-year mark. So you could build your cellar 
with these slightly older wines. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to wait 10 years. You just look at the vintage and then you work it out. And then you slowly start drinking 10-year-old wine for the rest of your life. And you let, uh, you know, you let your wine age. And, and uh, particularly, I always, Casey, you know this. You pay 15 bucks for a bottle of wine. You let it age for three to five years. It's, it, it tastes like 35 bucks. So really, these are great ways to catch up on vintages and to help build your little cellar. Uh, you know, downstairs or somewhere, even if you had just have a refrigerator, a proper wine fridge uh, works well too. So I like that. Steve, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I know but because you're the buyer, everybody's raving about 2020. So what have you heard and what are you preparing to do? And are you going to be loading up on 2020s? Is there enough wine around? I heard it was a smaller crop. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an update on what you're seeing or trying to order? You're up. You're absolutely right. We are seeing that it's a smaller crop and there's not as much around as there was uh, last year, certainly crop. Um, but what, what we're confident in is, is that, that all, of our, all of our consistent everyday uh, wines that, that our consumers fall in love with, we've got lots of those. And um, we're, we're confident that we're going to have lots of this year's stuff as we get through. And, and, you know, the other exciting thing that's happening is there's some new wineries coming on board. And, of course, you know, everybody's familiar with Phantom Creek, and I think we just listed a couple of new SKUs with Phantom Creek. And um, oh, wow. another new uh, new winery we picked up on Vancouver Island from down south, Hart, is called Invinity. And they're uh, in, in specialty uh-huh. of sparkling wine. And I, I tried them a, a couple weeks ago, and I have to be, I have to be honest, I was very impressed with a sparkling, sparkling wine from the lower part of Vancouver Island that's that's got this unique softness to it. And if anybody is a sparkling wine fan, I encourage you to try Invinity. Yes, put away a case okay. for me. I drank it all the, during COVID. The start of COVID went through every bottle of sparkling. I still haven't got much there. And I just want to mention, <laughs> Clotus Soleil is one of the few wineries that still are produce this same amount of wine as they always have this year. Absolutely. We have a great yeah. relationship with Clotus Soleil. And, um, you know, Capella from a white wine, I, I, the reason it was at top of my mouth or top of my uh, tongue here is because we had a bottle of that last night uh, with uh, with guests for uh my kid for dinner and um it's still still always one of our favorites in our house uh steve really great to catch up with you today always fun to hear uh, what's going on in the save on foods uh, wine department uh, besides the big savings there is such a great list of wines and as we know uh it is the single largest uh selection of british columbia vqa wine uh sold in the province so uh, it's one-stop shopping if you're a big fan of local wines Thanks, Steve. Have a great month. Enjoy the sun as it warms up, and I hope we can meet soon in wine country. I appreciate uh, the visit with you folks this morning. Thanks so much. Yeah, Steve Moriarty, wine director of Save On Foods. Uh, you are listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and we'd like to give a special shout-out to listeners in Kelowna, listening on AM 1150, now heard on your drive home every Friday afternoon from 3 to 4 o'clock. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we are heading inland to the Okanagan and talks with uh, Chef Rod Butters from Rod's Regional Table and Microbar Bites in Kelowna. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Join the Black Hills Estate Winery Wine Club to experience the perks of membership. With front-of-the-line access to new releases, exclusive limited production wines, 
and VIP experiences both virtual and in person, you will always stay connected. Plus, Wine Club members have access to the Vineyard Guest House overlooking the beautiful valley. To find out more, follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at blackhillswinery.com. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. At Poplar Grove, we have a deep respect for the endless potential of our land in the Okanagan. To reach that potential, we know it takes foresight, courage, and the ability to laugh with nature rather than to fight it. It takes a team who embraces this journey to make truly inspired wines. I'm Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery, inviting you to join us. Become a member of our wine club at poplargrove.ca. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. I got you, baby. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're heading up to uh, Kelowna in the Okanagan. It's been a while. Uh, we want to chat with Chef Rod Butters uh, from Rod's uh, Regional Table, Micro Bar Bites, Sunny's Modern Diner, the Okanagan Table. Uh, you got a lot still going on, Rod. It's great to catch up with you. I hope you're enjoying uh, the start of spring shortly, somehow. Yeah, well, it's, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day, and um, we are definitely looking forward to spring, especially after the last couple of weeks' cold weather. Happy anniversary. Yeah, we... yeah Audrey and I uh, opened Fresco uh, Restaurant and Lounge in 2001, believe it or not. Uh, so here in 2021, we're celebrating 20 years of being in business in the Okanagan, which uh, is remarkable in its, uh, in its own right. We've gone through fires and floods and certainly this pandemic <laughs> thrown a curveball. But, yeah, just uh, an amazing testament to the support we've had from our uh, our community for the last 20 years. Uh, incredible, very humbling. I still remember the taste You're... of the first uh, crab cappuccino I ever had and also the oat-crusted Arctic char. Fabulous dishes. Yeah, and they're still on there 20 years later. Wow. Uh, I doubt they'll ever leave, but they'll have to get rid of me first. <laughs> Rod, you were uh, you made the decision to go to the Okanagan. You were one of the first uh, big-time chefs to pack up and go up there. It seems like it was a good decision at the time. With So many people have followed you up there now. Uh, how has it changed for you in, in, over those 20 years? Oh, 
Tony, it's uh, changed tremendously. I mean, the um, like you know what you just pointed out the the amount of uh, chefs that have uh, made you know called Kelowna home now, and the Kelowna and the Okanagan, especially the South Okanagan. I mean, our our wineries have always been world class, and that's what drew Audrey and I here to begin with 20 years ago. Uh, just the, the restaurants, uh, the food scene. I mean, look at our distilleries and breweries that are happening in the Okanagan. It's, you know, I said it 20 years ago that we're in the, the chef's ultimate playground, but I guess I better revise that to being, uh, you know, the, the foodie and, and drinkies uh, <laughs> ultimate <laughs> playground. A lot, a yeah. lot has changed for sure. Was it a tough start well, what- to move up there, leave Vancouver and uh, go into the market? Uh, I think anywhere. I mean, I, I was in Whistler uh, when it just started off uh, opening the Chateau, and that seemed to have changed Whistler. And, you know, of course, my years in, in Tofino with Audrey and I and the team opening the Wiccan Inishin. Tofino's never, uh, you know, been the same, and, and here we are in the Okanagan. So, I don't know, we've kind of lucked out. We've worked hard at it. Uh, we've, you know, our mantra about supporting local uh, through and through, we walk the talk, and uh, we're just like I said, we're just really uh, thankful for the support that we've had. Well, the products have always well, been uh, amazing in the Okanagan. The best tomatoes you'll ever taste, those kinds of things. Yeah, tomatoes and fruits and veggies, of course. We've got great meat and dairy. And, you know, you throw in a little uh, squash of Okanagan wine into that. And, wow, like wh- where else would you want to be? Well, Rod, I, I want to get to a little bit about the future. Just before we do, though, you're celebrating 20 years, so you've got a monthly throwback menu. Are you going to feature that uh, throughout the, the spring and summer? And, and what are some of the things you're going to be throwing up there to remind people you've been around for 20 years? Well, with uh, the pandemic, I mean, we, you know, our initial plan was, hey, let's have a great big party. Uh, we officially opened in June, so that was always a, a thought in the back of our head coming into the year and that wow geez uh, COVID's still happening we're not going to be able to do that so let's do something even better so uh, we're uh, at Rod's uh, specifically we've got a monthly menu celebrating our 20 years with a, a whole bunch of throwback menu items and cocktails uh, paying homage to some of the wineries that have been with us since day one uh, you know for example Blue Mountain um, some of our most uh, beloved dishes that uh, we've had the last 20 years from even back to 2001 right now with our beef tenderloin and braised short rib combo. And that menu will change every, every month. We're just in the process of um, uh, fine tuning the, the March menu, which will yeah. bring back and, our and stuffed I- calamari, which will bring back our stuffed calamari tubes, which uh, our, our cooks I now have it. not ever seen, and they're going to hate me for it because they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> they're delicious. They are yeah. delicious. <laughs> I, I love. I also love how on the menu, people can check out the menu, by the way, at rods.com uh, on the dinner and dessert menu, how you've tagged the year beside the dish, too, uh, so people can see when it first came out, I would assume, uh, like 2009, yeah, and I- tuna casserole, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And on the back of the menu, we've kind of done like, a, you know, kind of the highlights on a, on a timeline uh, for the last 20 years. And it's got a whole bunch of little interesting, quirky facts on there. So uh, it's it's been really successful this past month. And we're going to run this for the entire year of, of 2021. So all kinds of favorites are going to come back. Well, I Go was ahead, going Jason. to say the Okanagan Table, not just the book, yeah. but fabulous book. 
Yeah, so the, I mean, the, the space we opened just uh, late 2019, and uh, you know, hey, let's. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely a, I know you've been here and Tony you've seen it it's uh, you know this world class uh, event space uh, not only as our commissary kitchen we've got the I, I like to joke around with people we have the world's uh, smallest uh, retail store I think it equals about 75 square feet at the front but uh, it, it hosts over 130 different items that we serve and and sell in the restaurants anywhere from glassware to to food items and soups and stocks so that that keeps uh myself and the team very busy and uh it's an incredible space but of course with covid uh it shut down all of the events and we're just uh trying to survive and get through and put on a smile every day uh well that's not easy uh so to go dinners is that something that you're doing uh takeout are you doing it through there or through the restaurants or how is that working uh we kind of launched it around christmas time because that was a, a an easy thing and we did it at new year's we just had a really successful uh valentine's uh to go dinner program from the okanagan table and we actually just came out of a meeting we're gonna do these monthly as well and our next one is going to be a, a Spring break in Palm Springs, Palm Springs uh, theme, um, nice. a to-go dinner. Everything's all kind of packaged, ready to go. We're going to have a make-your-own uh, Frank Sinatra-type cocktail and, you know, some maybe a crazy wedge salad and maybe some beef stroganoff in there and some upside-down cake of some sort and kind of go a little retro Love and it. modernism Palm Springs because people can't get away for spring break. So we're going to yeah. package it up and they can take it home and enjoy. That's so a great idea. A lot of will, sorry, and how will they do that online or just drop by the store? How does that work? Uh, we have a, an online store that they can buy anything from. So uh, how it's worked, okay. uh, they just they just go online and they order at the theokanogantable.com. Uh, it's all there. It's right. easy. And then we have a pickup day, and it's all packaged, and they go home. They have a full set of instructions. It's 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 as easy as you can get, and it's we've had tremendous uh, positive response from it. We're speaking with uh, Chef Rod Butters uh, about Rod's Regional Table, Micro Bar Bites. Uh, we didn't mention Sunny's Modern Diner. Things have been going on there. You've had some uh, you've had some television exposure as well, I believe. Yeah, we were just uh, we just had the the show on uh, Food Network's Big Food Bucket List with uh, John Catucci that was just on Saturday night. So uh, we're already into yeah. the rerun stage of things, and uh, yeah, just an <laughs> awful lot of fun. Uh, Chef Chef Robin Sigurdsson and her team, just um, I mean, Sunny's is just the most amazing space that we have. It's the happy space. Um, she's doing some just. Great, great breakfast and, and lunch food down there. And uh, John Catucci and their production team thought it worthy to shed the national spotlight on it. And, um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. Great to have, great for the Okanagan and certainly great for uh, Robin and the team. Well, it's hard to well, believe Rod, how much uh, you've accomplished in 20 years. And uh, for quite a while, you were also at Hester Creek Winery. Yeah, we had our our few years uh, at at Hester Creek there with Terrafina and uh, you know the great people at, at the winery and uh, you know the the contract was coming up and it was just time for us to kind of focus on our four spaces in downtown Kelowna and 
you know, kind of rework our, our business model, of course, with COVID happening. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a great few years. There are amazing people that have been lifelong friends and will, I'm sure will continue to be lifelong friends. And of course, their delicious wines will uh, be on our wine list uh, for as long as we have our businesses as well. Well, Rod, it's great to catch up with you. I, I know that uh, I think what's really interesting is that even though it's been 20 uh, the next 20 might be even the most exciting for the North Okanagan because Kelowna was that place that was full of malls, but now it's going to become a big-time wine center and a Pinot Noir and Riesling center, I believe, that I believe in. That's going to happen. Uh, so there's going to be even more intense uh, pressure on food and wine and people who believe in it, and you're going to be right in the middle of it for the next 20. So we wish you luck with that, and uh, let's get rid of COVID and get moving forward. Okay. Great Thanks chatting. so much, Chef. Great chatting with you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Uh, you're listening to BC Food and Wine Radio. Uh, I want to say that uh, to our friends in Victoria on southern Vancouver Island, those of you listening to the, the regular uh, BC Food and Wine Radio show on Saturday afternoons from 3 to 4 on CFAX, uh, you can find that on Twitter at CFAX1070. As they say, if it's happening, it's here. You're listening to The Best of Food and Wine. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, plenty more on the show. We move even further north in the Okanagan to catch up with Chef Bernie Cassavant at Aurorix Peak Cellars. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Blow away the February blues and take a break at Tinhorn Creek. The tasting room is open daily from 10 till 4 for a stress-relieving escape. Join the Crush Club and get VIP treatment, including early access to new releases and more. To keep up to date with their winter wine tastings and special estate-only promotions, stay tuned to their Instagram feed. Plus, the Mirador Restaurant will be reopening March 1st with a delicious new spring menu. Locals can start planning their visits now. For details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is uh, Chef Bernard Cassavant. Uh, we've known Bernard for many, many years. He's currently a chef consultant at O'Rourke's Peak Sellers in the North uh, Okanagan, where everything seems to be happening all at once. Uh, Bernard, how are you today? Great to catch up with you. Very good. How are both of you? 
Fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're well. Uh, you're working at Aurorix Peak Cellar, so you're you're uh, in the true North Okanagan now, in the as we say in the yes, wine business. Yeah. Uh, it seems things are really exploding up there. Maybe you could tell us a little bit how you decided that you would move up there and uh, and work for the Aurorix family. Yeah, um, last year I decided that I'd be uh, moving more into the consultant role, which I've always done throughout the last three decades or so, but it just more or less just made it more official. Um, and then, of course, yep. uh, Dennis work contacted me in beautiful Lake Country, B.C., where the sun shines all the time. <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> has two wineries there. He has uh, Peak Cellars, which has been open coming four years now. And then he's also building a fabulous new facility. But Peak Cellars was really the focus for me this past year, as we are now in the process of expanding the kitchen and uh, moving the different wine uh, portfolio forward with all the food and wine pairings off. Yeah. So, sh- Chef, uh, it's Scott. Is it Garinge or I don't know how you say his last yeah, name. Garing. Sorry. Chef Scott Garinge yeah, is Garin. our chef de cuisine of Peak Cellars. Yeah. So, uh, when you go in there, like you have so much restaurant experience, is it a different uh, is it a different deal uh, a restaurant that's at a winery, say, versus a restaurant that would be in downtown Kelowna or Penticton or Vancouver or, or Whistler, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've worked a couple of wine restaurants um, and going through it, and it is indeed different, but it's it, it's different because of the guest expectation. I would be able to summarize that. In a, in a winery restaurant, guests expect the food and wine pairings. They expect the knowledge. They expect the in-depth tastings, et cetera, whereas in a, yeah. in a city restaurant or a freestanding restaurant, it's a bonus almost when the staff are very motivated and very informed and educated on their wine service and their wine region and the terroir that the, the wines are producing and how the chef pairs with it. Chef Scott Gehring yeah. is all over that. He, he loves pairing with it. He loves the Block 11 Riesling. He loves our Gruner uh, going through to it, and he's providing some pretty interesting dishes uh, even on an interim menu, um, we're, we're open again on COVID restrictions, of course, like the rest of the world. But uh, he's offering some very tasty items paired with the wine. So, But I would say the COVID yeah. restrictions have been really kind to people that are going and visiting wineries. There's a, you know, a much better guest experience. Would you agree with that? I'd absolutely agree with that. Uh, while at first, you know, from a management point of view, all of a sudden having to take uh, tastings and by reservation only. But it's just all it's done is really is just emphasize the guest service and the control and the ability to make sure that every uh, tasting experience is, is a great one. I think that's a yeah, golden uh, line well, to the, the COVID aspect. Well, at Aurora's Peak Cellar, for those who, who may have not been there yet, they've been open now for quite a while, a couple of years at least to the public. You've got a fantastic tasting room restaurant area and then you have a, a a garden bistro you have a large space outdoors right beside the vineyard so so the setup is great when the weather is good it looks like you could accommodate uh, you know very comfortably uh people visiting and using that outdoor space I, I, it's another question i always wonder about do people like does it change the way that you cook when people are eating out of doors as opposed to inside a restaurant uh, no, I don't. I wouldn't say that would be the case. I mean, we have our different uh, new this spring as the Pinot Picnic Experience, you know, available mid-May weather contingent, you know, featuring a we call it the Goldie Block Tour, 
11 a.m. daily yeah. and vineyard garden and tasting so that it it takes people from the standard tasting of standing around at tasting bar and then moves them outdoors. You walk through the garden. You see all of the different produce and its different stages. You get to taste some of it out there. And then also, too, then you get to taste food and wine in the vineyard as opposed to standing in the uh, tasting room. So not necessarily a different mm. cooking style, but definitely uh, different offerings, whether it's cold or warm, et cetera. So. Our guest is Chef Bernard Casavant. He's a chef consultant at O'Rourke's Peak Cellar. Over to you, Casey. Bernard, when you you mentioned that you start started the planning at Peak Cellars with actually looking at designing the kitchens, that type of thing. Could, is there anything that you do in a winery kitchen or a commercial kitchen that would work well in a home kitchen? Well, I think it's all about the attitude with food and wine and how you handle that and how you blend that into your, your daily routines at home. I mean, many, many recipes are available out there, and it, all it takes is a, a specific uh, technique over, say, the, uh, the different ingredients that you have to go and source. I'm finding that the wine country cuisine is really evolving to one of simplicity. Instead of having all of the contrived dishes um, coming through and, uh, you know, 20, 30 different techniques moving on to one plate, I think the, a lot of the younger chefs now are really in favor of uh, really respecting the wines, paying homage to it, really respecting the terroir that they come from, and understanding that a Riesling is a Riesling, but if it comes from different blocks on the winery, chances are it's going to be a different wine and have to pair with different foods. So would you simplify the food? Oh, absolutely. High-quality ingredient. We're very lucky at the Garden Bistro. We have a head gardener who walks in and says, Chef, Chef Scott Gehring, here you are. Here's some beautiful strawberries. Here's some beautiful carrots, uh, peas, potatoes that have just been picked. So just how do you mm-hmm. how do you bring that to the plate in the simplest fashion, giving that beautiful garden flavor? And what wine will you pair that with? And what will the guest enjoy in that pairing? Yeah, I, I, I love that concept. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I know exactly what you mean, Casey, about simplifying and chef, but really... Uh, you know, I learned long ago in the wine business, being simple is probably the most complex job because you, you to do less, you got to know more. Uh, so it's, it, it's, uh, it, it, I just love the way that this food is evolving and, and the way that we can have these great experiences. Yeah. And again, we just with our cheese and wine pairings. And the reason we chose cheese and wine pairings is exactly that, is that we have four wines, three cheeses, and what is the cause and effect of all those cheeses and all those wines? And, and more, more in, you know, in point is what is the guest satisfaction? What is their, what does their taste buds tell them that they enjoy with those cheeses? And we're, we don't do anything with the cheeses. We just temper them properly, serve them at their peak flavor, and then from there, we see what the wines do. So when you do cheese, yeah. do you have it out of the uh, refrigerator for about an hour? Would you say? Um, it, it, it depends on the type of cheese and obviously dealing with food safe and everything else with that. So that, yes, there are some tempered cheeses that we, we deal with on a, on a regular basis. The harder the cheese, the, the longer it's going to be out of the cooler as such. So it really develops. And, and again, I learned that in Italy when we were there is that we as North Americans, we look at a cheese that looks like it's quote unquote sweating and we say that cheese is no good. And yet that's when the ultimate flavor comes to that's when they That's how they like it. Tell us some mm-hmm. of your secrets to cooking with wine. 
Um, I think I think again, just you know, uh, the the age old thing is here's a bottle of wine. It's not right. It's corked. It's this that. Use it for cooking. I I can't say I, I've ever really agreed with that because it, it just doesn't. No. If it's corked, etc., put a mother culture in there and make vinegar out of it. You know, which is very very easy to do again. Um, but really, um, it's coming down to it is I I love to play and, and uh, Anthony asked earlier about working in a winery. Well, one of the things is that you get all these these leaves and these uh, pressings and everything to utilize. So I utilize that in my food. Uh, the Pinot Noir uh, pressings, you know, taking those and burying lamb shanks in it. You know, put a little bit of plums in there, put a little bit of blackberries in there just for a little kick and then let it, you know, percolate for three or four days. It tenderizes the meat and then you're taking it out and it blends that wine expectation coming through. That's a little more in-depth. That's a little more complex than, say, adding the Pinot Noir to it. I use my wine in the kitchen as a seasoning. I don't use it as a base for my sauces anymore. I use it as a seasoning. I finish with it so that you can really get it. And I also play the the, the, the avant-garde with, uh, say, I did it last night here at home. I did a beautiful um, star anise braised short rib, a beef short rib. And instead of adding wine into the marinade, et cetera, I, I added it right at the end, and I used the white wine. Oh, uh, very I added a little Gewürztraminer, and I, and, and I added that wow. when, I, when I put a slurry into it. And, that, and I just realized, sitting here eating it with my wife, <laughs> I just realized, I said, look at the taste of that wine. It's like it's right there in front of you, and it's a white wine. So it doesn't have to be beef and red. And then the other yeah. one is is all of you know BC. We're known for our stickies and our late harvest and that. I think using that as a condiment again, and not only with desserts, but with the foie gras, with the uh, you know the spiced prawn or lobster dish, it just highlights it, so it brings it forward. And using it as a condiment. Great idea, Bernie. A uh, lot of people listening to the show would think, man, I'd like to be stuck with that guy at COVID. Uh, <laughs> food would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks so much well, we, for joining us, uh, Bernard. Great, great pleasure to always uh, chat with you, and uh, we wish you well. And, and uh, many of our listeners I know are are have this pent up demand to get up to the Okanagan, so head up to Lake Country and check out Aurora's Peak Cellars, uh, the Garden Bistro. I, I'm sure you can't go wrong. Uh, the wines are outstanding as well. We didn't really even chat about the wines, but uh, this was a food mm-hmm. talk. Thanks so much. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was Chef Bernard Casavant. He's a chef consultant at O'Rourke's Peak Cellar up in Lake Country. Uh, you're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, Canada's only regional food and wine radio show. We're now heard weekly in 18 cities across British Columbia, including Vancouver, Salmon Arm, and Nelson. We'll take a quick break when we come back. We're going to tell tall tales on the Vancouver Wine Festival. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, they're featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday from 11 till 5 this winter. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. It's true. Something great did come out of 2020. 
Mount Boucherie Estate Winery invites you to join the Boucherie Wine Club and experience first access to their fabulous spring releases, including the previously sold-out Rosé, Riesling, and Mount Bubbles. And that's not all. With your new Wine Club membership, enjoy complimentary tastings, exclusive access to events, and the best seats in the house at the Modest Butcher Kitchen. For more details and to sign up online, visit mtboucherie.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, normally at this time of the year, Casey, we are at the Trading Convention Center in Vancouver, uh, ensconced uh, interviewing, uh, I don't know, about 45 to 50 different people from around the world at the Vancouver National Wine Festival. We couldn't do it this year. We have on the line Harry Herzig. He's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival. Harry, we miss it. Tony and Casey, I miss you and the 25,000 other people that should be congregating around the convention center around the city this week. I know. Yeah. It was tough, eh? Tough decisions. Hey, work all, we work all year round for this, uh, for this, you know, this moment. Uh, the hub of the tasting room, the principals from around the world getting on planes and coming into town and... Uh, Bookending the festival from, you know, the Bacchanalia Gala on the opening Saturday night to closing it off with Vintner's Brunch and all those restaurants. And then there's the awards lunch on the Friday afternoon when the sommelier community and uh, we're handing out awards. It's just, uh, it's uh, it's a love yeah. fest. I, I, I feel so fortunate that we even had one last year. We really dodged a bullet there. Uh, I I remember the opening trade day lunch. I was sitting with an Italian producer, and I was really feeling bad because Italy had already was, you know, being hit hard. And I said, wow, how's it going? And he said, uh, well, it's not good. He said, but I have been away for a month, he said, so I don't really have a big update. And I said, oh, where have you been? He said, well, I was in Wuhan, China. And I I just about fell out of my chair. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, this is it. You're finished. Anyway, we were all well, and we managed to get that festival off. But, uh, yeah, we sure miss it this year. It's been a great festival, you know, looking back over the – the. Uh, it's been four long decades now, I guess. Is that – that was 40 – is it 42? Lost my we had 42 now. shows. We started in 1979 with, uh, yeah. with those uh, two events over two nights. No, four nights – four events in all. At Highcroft, 
1979. <laughs> right. That's correct. Well, I wasn't I there, but those. apparently you guys were there. We were there. Yeah. It was so much Tasting fun. Tasting out of plastic glasses, little but plastic glasses. I know, but we didn't care. It was great. No. I said we were keen. We were <laughs> keen. It wasn't called the Wine Festival then. It was called uh, In Praise of Wine. Yes. Yeah. Glad they and changed that. And it was that. Robert Mondavi. Robert Mondavi uh, put up the first, I think, the first couple, and then it was St. Jean, and then... The pressure to expand came on, and then the BC wineries came on, and, uh, well, it grew from there. I was reminiscing about, uh, do you remember, I don't know, Harry, if you were there when it was in two buildings. It was in the hotel van, and then it was on over in the, the Hyatt Regency. I was taking had... a wine course with Michael Willingham, and he said, you got to go to this uh-huh. wine festival thing. So my first year was 1987. It was at the Hyatt and the British Columbia yeah. wineries were on a separate floor from the international wineries. They were <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, not, it was crazy. Not, not good enough to be with the international group. And then we were at the convention center from 1988 onwards. And I loved my, I had such a great experience that first year. I just wanted to get more involved. So I, I poured wine with uh, Forbes Fraser Wines and Grady Marketing for many years so that I can go as often as I could and not have to pay for a ticket. But, you know, all those years, I coveted, I wanted to get to that principal's party on the last night with all the leftover wines, and I just always had the wrong color tag on. They wouldn't let me in, so I I said... They wouldn't let you in. (laughs) Really? I need to work there. (laughs) Yes. You had to be a big shot. Well, I I was telling Casey, I remember, uh, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, we should have some food, you know, we should mix it with food and this and that, and we need a bigger, we couldn't afford, uh, apparently the cost was so high, they couldn't really afford to go to the trading convention center full on, so they went together with Viva one year, and uh, I walked into the tasting room, and the smell of smoke, like the smoke was just floating in the air over top of the wineries, and... So all the wine nerds were going nuts because from they a barbecue, smell anything. yeah, and and all the but all the people were happy as hell because there was food to eat and wine to drink, and uh, so anyway, we learned from all that through the years. But there were there was many interesting moments inside that tasting room, including me. Do you remember Tony spitting into the two thousand oh, dollar wine? Yeah, <laughs> Casey <laughs> Wilson. You know, I, I'm, I, 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 we're going through all the rules, you know, step away from the spit bucket, you know, clear the way. And Wilson takes a big swig out of uh, this glass, and then she leans into the decanter where the guy just decanted the $1,000 bottle of wine, and she spits into it. And uh, the the sound just got sucked out of the room by people going, <gasps> And so... I did what I usually did. I fully supported her by leaving her standing there alone because I thought, oh, my God, what if anybody sees me? You know, anyway, it was kind of funny. <laughs> They'll think you told me to do it. Yeah, that wine was discreetly put behind the table for an hour. <laughs> Working on the festival is so much problem solving, and, and you never know, uh, you know, what might happen, what you might see. I remember when France was our theme in 2006, and at that time we were expanding our special events and doing some uh, wine parties and other things. And we decided to kick off the France theme with a champagne event called Luxurious Bubbles at Holt Renfrew. And we had kind of taken over the store in the evening, and we had 21 different champagnes. And we had Rob Feeney 
from Lumiere doing the canapes. And I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if I'm going to run into Rob Feeney tonight because I just love the restaurant and uh, the chef's menus there. And there was a staff elevator. And I remember the staff elevator opening, and I turned around to go in the elevator, and there was Rob Feeney preparing canapes for like 150 people in an elevator. And he looked at in me. In an elevator. Gave me a look like, what am I doing here in this elevator? Yeah. I know that Rob Feeney look, too. Yeah. Oh, there's been some great moments. I, I, I was... Uh, one of the, you know, we did so many special event tastings over the years. One with uh, Michelle Chapuche just was, it was very memorable. There was 125 people in the room. And, you know, our good friend Terry Thelfrell, he was the, uh, you know, the lead psalm. And uh, Marcina Levine, John Levine's uh, uh, ex-wife who was running, she's running the tasting room people that are, you know, pouring the glasses so I walk into the room, and uh, everything looks perfect. It's all set to go. It looks fantastic. I mean, to organize 125 people in 10 wines, you know, 1,100 glasses, everything looked great. Chapuche walks into the room, and he pulls a thermometer out of his shirt, sticks it in the wine glass halfway around the room, and he says, these wines are at the wrong temperature. And he says, I want the wines thrown out, all of them. <laughs> and to start over, <laughs> I said... Michelle, we can't do that. We don't, we don't have that kind of time, and we don't have that kind of wine. He had no idea. He just thought they would just toss everything out and re-pour the wines at one degree centigrade more than they were at in the glass. And I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> we have so there many amazing volunteers that have been with us for so many years. Like you mentioned, uh, uh, Terry Threlfall, who sadly passed away this past year, and uh, we, we pulled bunnies out of out of hats every year. Yeah. It's an amazing job with our volunteers, and we've had them for five, ten, twenty, some of them for forty years. It's an yeah. amazing team of well, uh, volunteers, uh, staff, and agents. It's not the festival's not over. It's just not happening this year. Before we go, uh, is there any sort of update or talk about what what may uh, happen in the future? Yeah, it made me. It might take like a two-year period to get up to, you know, that full period of 3,500 attendees and exhibitors sharing yeah. stories and wines up close. So, you know, one of the things I've uh, been thinking about is that, you know, we've been all stuck in, the, in our bubble, and I think we need a lot more bubbles in our life. So we'll probably, I'm thinking, you know, for next year, a global focus. We're all in it together. We need a lot more bubbly. And then maybe that, that, that South America theme, which is going to be so exciting, perhaps in 2023, if we can't pull it off next year. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, I like the sound of that. Bubbles. We could use a few bubbles. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need a lot more. <laughs> just... Yeah, a lot more. Harry, uh, great to catch up with you. Always good to uh, reminisce a bit about this uh, magnificent wine festival, which really has had a ma an amazing Put, put put an amazing stamp on the food, the food and wine culture in Vancouver, uh, and it's a learning experience every year for the people who go, and they take stuff away with them and become better consumers. We love it. Uh, take care, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon when we have more news about uh, the wine festival. Tony, I just want to thank you. A little story about you, which is about 15 years ago, you walked over to me and showed me the uh, the regular glasses and said, Harry, could you upgrade the glasses, please? And so we spent $40,000 on Riedel glass and we've had Riedel glasses ever since. And if Tony wants yeah. Riedel glasses for everyone, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Jeez, i got to get out of the Vancouver Sun and see if I get a raise based on that. Exactly. That, be, uh, that would be good. I want this. Thanks, Harry. We'll see you soon. Thank you. 
Cheers. Harry Hertzig, he's the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. We're out of time this week, folks, uh, but you've been listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Show. We're Canada's only regional uh, food and wine radio show, but you can listen to us uh, on your favorite podcast platforms. Check us out on SoundCloud, download our latest or past shows, and enjoy our conversations on your time and maybe with a glass of wine. Thanks, Casey. We'll... uh, convene next week i guess we will thank you as we always do same time same place and anisa hetherington our crack producer in the back end that's it for today's show uh have a great weekend folks and uh, have a glass of wine and maybe as harry said have a glass of bubble that's it for today's show tune in again next week for anthony gizmondi and casey wilson on the bc food and wine radio network Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.